Welcome to the Cedar House Church Sermon of the Week. How many of you saw the culture manual come out? Cool. We made this thing called the culture manual. I am very, very proud of this material. I've been working on it for literally a year and a half, and it finally came out. So you can go on our website and click the little tab, and the bottom one says culture manual, and you can read the manual. We set it up where you you actually hit it, and it opens like a culture manual. Uh, It opens just like a manual, like you're reading it in a book. So what this is is it describes what a culture is, and it describes what core values are. And it talks about our five main foundational core values and then also the 12 culture keys that we've been covering. This is a really good way for people to get connected in and un- bring some language to who we are and so orientate people into the Cedar House culture, which I am thrilled about the whole thing. It's a really, really fun project, and it's awesome. We're going to use it for other stuff, uh, which you'll find out more about when you come on Vision Sunday. You guys coming on that? You excited? We will have hard copies of the culture manual. It's going to look really good, like they're going to they're going to be something you want to put on your coffee table. It's not just going to be like something you want to hide. Like when people are over, you're going to be like, "This is a really good thing," you know, like an anthropology magazine or a Cageless Birds magazine. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, those type of things. It's going to look really cool, and those are going to be for sale at cost. This is the first thing Cedar House has ever sold. <laughs> Trust me, it's not a moneymaker. So we're not trying, to, not trying to boost our margins so we can make a bunch of money off the culture manual. Can you feel my heart? I just want you to have the information. So you've got to laugh. Come on now. Work with me here. It's going to be good. But seriously, check that out. It's, I'm, I'm really, really thrilled about the whole thing. And it's going to be great. So the culture manual describes the culture keys that we've been covering. And today is the final culture key which is, as you've just heard, heart-to-heart communication. I'm really excited to teach this tonight. So I'm not saying it's the most important, but there's a reason why I made it the last one. I think that if we do all of these culture keys very well, if we follow biblical principles and we follow the kingdom paradigms that Jesus modeled, but we can't communicate well, we have nothing. Communication is an organization killer. Communication ruins businesses. Poor communication hurts moves of God. It is really, really important that we understand how wonderful it is to communicate well and how detrimental it is to a move of God when we do not communicate effectively. So today we're going to talk about how heart-to-heart communication, the goal of our communication is to always have a heart-to-heart connection. Now, for me, I'm a little bit different than the normal person. Good communication is basically my love language. So if I could create the sixth love language, it would be heart-to-heart communication. In my marriage, I tell Stacy all the time, I don't care what you need. I don't care what I've done wrong. I don't care what's changing today. If you can communicate it in a kind way, in an effective way, I feel loved. I feel loved when people communicate effectively, even if it's a difficult message. Like someone can give me 
um, constructive criticism or bring a difficult message to me, if it is delivered well, with good intent, and effectively, I leave feeling loved. Someone could say something to me that is actually what would be perceived as a negative, and if they do it well, I feel loved. I know that's a bit different than the normal person. <laughs> so Stacy could tell me something I've done really wrong, but she says it well, and I'm like, thank you for telling me that. I feel really loved. It's like the mechanism of communication is a higher value to me than what she's actually saying. And I feel that, period. I feel it all the time. So I grew up watching people who communicated well, and they seemed to have more fruit in their life. I grew up watching people who communicate well, who seem to get more done and to be more successful. And I watched people who did not communicate well and a lack of fruit seemed to hang around their life. And so at a young age, I thought, okay, well, I want to make sure that I communicate effectively so I can be the most effective for the people around me. So communication has always been something that I didn't understand, but I knew I wanted to pursue being able to effectively communicate. So when I got into college, just how most college students are, have no idea what they want. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just kind of floundering, floundering around. I just knew, well, I got time. I might as well just get a college degree. So I chose to major in speech communication. Any speech communication majors in the house? Me and Dave? Look at that. Look at us up here communicating. Um, <laughs> What, spe- what speech communication, the, the degree in that is basically how and why people communicate. Effective communication skills, communication within business, communication within a family. My final, I had a, did a 22-page thesis, was my final thesis for college, and it was a 22-page report and speech on financial communication within a marriage. And I wasn't even married yet. But we were dating at the time. We do that pretty well, though. We communicate about finance as well. So I just immerse myself in communication, and I I pay attention to how people communicate. So for me, this is something that's just very dear to my heart, that as a community and as a culture, we have healthy communication. At the same time, it's not just that Landon thinks it's cool. We're going to go to the Bible and talk about how important communicating effectively is. Okay, now what is communication? At the very gut level, communication is the exchange or transfer of information. Communication is the exchange or transfer of information. Now that sounds really simple, but there is a lot that goes on from what you want to say to me, the information that you want to exchange to me and that I want to exchange back, the amount of dynamics that occurs in those moments is extreme, like overwhelmingly extreme, and we're going to cover that, all right? So the Bible gives us clear ways on how to exchange information well, and we're going to go into that. Amen? All right, I'm going to start in Ephesians 4, and I'm going to read verse 25 through 30. Now, this is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, and he's highlighting to them some of their communication skills. This is very important. All right? This is the Bible teaching us how to exchange information and communicate. Okay. 
Therefore, having put away all falsehood, let, uh, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may, be, so he may have something to share with anyone in need. Okay, verse 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. There's a lot of meat here. Okay, verse 29. Read this again. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only, only such as good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Okay, this is Paul saying to us, all communication should build one another up, number one. Number two, that it gives grace to the person listening. Okay, grace is unmerited favor, or grace is divine enablement of God. So when you are communicating, you are either releasing unmerited favor are you releasing divine enablement or you're not? You are either releasing opportunity, you are releasing encouragement, you are releasing resources, or you're not. And Paul's saying the way that you communicate in the kingdom is to build one another up by releasing grace. My communication to you should actually give you more opportunity my communication with you should actually release favor on your life. That, that's, that's humongous. The way that I speak in any situation should be breathing life and giving opportunity to everyone around me. Okay, now verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Um... I don't have time to fully go into what grieving the Holy Spirit means, but you could look at it for the sake of today like this. Grieving the Holy Spirit stops what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Grieving the Holy Spirit limits what the Holy Spirit can do. So let me break this down for you. Paul's talking about do not grieve the Holy Spirit in the context of how we communicate. This is Paul saying you... The, the way you communicate dictates what the Holy Spirit can do. If you, the way you use your tongue and you edify and you build up determines the move of God that you get in your life. If you tear down, it limits what the Holy Spirit can do. Okay, now we're all here because we want a move of God, right? I can assure you you're at this church because you want more of the Holy Spirit. Guys, he's all we have. We have nothing without the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, if you don't communicate and edify and build up, it limits what the Holy Spirit can do. Is it possible that what we want is limited by the way we communicate? Yes. Do you remember when Jesus went back to Nazareth? Jesus went back home. He had been doing all the miracle signs and wonders all the wonderful things of God. He goes back home, and the way the people communicated limited what God could do in that moment. 
You have to think about this. This is Jesus, 100% healing ratio, doing the stuff, goes back home, and people start talking in a way that wasn't edifying. And it said he could only do a few miracles there by who he could touch. The way that people communicated limited the miracles that Jesus could do in one moment. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. Can we communicate effectively? Do you see how extreme this is? You all want a move of God, right? He has empowered us to communicate in ways that determine how much Holy Spirit we get. All the measurement of the Holy Spirit's on our end, not his. And how we communicate affects that. Okay. I want to take it up even another notch. We need to understand the severity of how we communicate and the language that we use. I'm not trying to scare anyone with this, but I am trying to raise the bar. Okay. Um, I'm going to read you Matthew 12, 33 through 37. Now, this is Jesus communicating. Now, just so we're all on the same page, the words that Jesus said is the highest form of revelation and clarity of any information ever. We, we have to heed these words with the utmost respect and pull as much truth from it as we can. This is Jesus talking to us. The purest, best, highest form of revelation is right here. Y'all with me? Okay. Matthew 12, verse 33. Okay, this is Jesus. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of your heart the mouth speaks. The good person out of, the good, out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of the evil treasures brings forth evil. Verse 36, I tell you, on the day of judgment, you will give an account for every careless word that you speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. All right, this is Jesus telling us that you will give an account when it's all said and done on the words that you speak. Now, I'm the goodness of God guy. I believe in the goodness of God to an offensive level. I think he's extravagantly good. Now, in his goodness is a form of judgment. See, a good parent holds their child accountable. And there is coming a day where you'll be held accountable for every word that you speak. And every careless word. Think about what he's saying. Any, any nonchalant word. A nonchalant, the way we're communicating, just a nonchalant word can either stop or start a move of God, edify or build down, and one day you'll stand before King Jesus and he's going to ask you about it. Now, it's funny. He doesn't say he's going to ask you about your secret sin life. He just doesn't. But he does say he's going to talk to you about how you communicate. So there's coming a day where we stand before him and he's going to ask us about the times that we spoke, how we shouldn't have spoke. Okay. Sons and daughters of God want this responsibility. Orphans run from it. Listen, when I was 25, running around like an orphan, seeing some cool stuff happen, I would have tried to change that scripture. 
I would have thought it meant something else. Like, there's no way he's going to stand before me and judge me, and I'm going to give an account for it. And the truth is, this is 100% right. I'm going to give an account for it. Now, I want to step up and take on that responsibility. I know what he's requiring of me. Now I want to use my words to edify. When I stand before him, I, I want him to say, hey, good job. You tried really hard with how you tamed your tongue. Not high five, bro, you did whatever you want. We on the same page? This is a big deal. In his, in his goodness, as a good father, we need to be held accountable for things. I have to hold my children accountable for things or they won't grow. Now, I'm not talking about performing for his love, nor am I talking about being scared of that moment. He's a good, loving father. He's not going to punch you in the face and throw you to the pits of hell if you used a bunch of nonchalant words. But you could be really proud in that moment, proud in a good way. You can be proud that you stewarded the vocal cords he gave you to edify and bring life. Amen? See, this is an empowered lifestyle. This is the lifestyle that the king wants us to live by. He left us in charge of the planet. Did you know that? Did you know that we have all power and authority? And God delegated, he had it all, and he gave it to you and I, and now he's in heaven. That means you and I are in charge. That is not arrogant. That's actually appropriately appraising what he did. Now, we're in charge. And he says things like this in Proverbs 18.21, Life and death is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, this is, this is God setting us up for success. Hey, I'm letting you know, the way you communicate leads to life or leads to death. Are we on the same page? Got it. Okay. You're in charge. Now, how are you going to communicate? So we should want this responsibility to go, okay, great. I see it. Life and death is in the tongue. I am going to communicate effectively, and I am going to communicate in a way that builds people up. Think about that. Life and death is in the tongue. I, th- this, is, this is not an analogy. This is 100% reality. How you speak dictates reality. Do you know why we do the tithe declaration? Most people probably think it's the weirdest thing. 50-plus people getting together declaring the goodness of God of our city and of our resources is very powerful. Why? Because life and death is in the tongue. It's not wishful thinking. We're creating reality with what we speak. It's, it's, if you've ever been around someone really negative, negative things attract to those people. What is that? It's life and death is in the tongue. This, this is not theory. This is true. This is 100% true. And he says, those who love it will eat of its fruit. fruit. What is fruit? It's enjoyment and it's nourishment and it's nutrients. How you speak is what you will enjoy. You will get your nourishment from how you speak. You will get multivitamins and avocados and macadamias and tomatoes, or you'll get Twinkies and Burger King. Don't bring Burger King inside Cedar House, I can tell you. <laughs> no, but it's, it's black and white. It's black and white. We need to be people. I'm telling you, sons and daughters of the king want to say, I got it. I'll do it. Put that responsibility on me. I want to edify my speech. It's not, do you know what it is? It's understanding your worth and understanding your value. And as you communicate, you're breathing life or death, period, all the time. So let's be people who communicate well. Amen? I'm about to tell you something that when I heard it for the first time and let it sink into my soul, completely changed my life. 
there's been maybe 10 things that I've heard one time and I was like so blown away and it completely transformed my internal world. I'm going to share one with you. Okay. I'm going to give you this definition of, of humility. It might be a little complicated and I'll, I'll narrow it down for you. Humility. You ever thought about humility? Moses said he was the most humble man in the world. Do you know who wrote that? Moses. Jesus accomplished all of his goals and walked humbly. Now, how is that? That means that being meek and lowly is not humility. That's what it is. Humility, ready, is the ability to accurately appraise your effect on people around you. Humility is the ability to accurately appraise your effect on people around you. Put it like this for communication. How are people experiencing you with how you communicate? Healthy communication comes from a humble heart. This, is, this sounds so elementary. Ask the people close to you, how do you feel when I talk to you? How I'm appraising myself. Do you feel uplifted when I speak, or do you feel tore down? Think about it. How do people respond to you typically? Do they come out with fear? Do they feel uplifted? Are they scared that you're going to say something mean? Watch your effect on people around you. It's, I'm telling you, it's very easy to see. I have It's all over the spectrum in my life with different relationships, but I can see when people... I'm, I'm misappraising my effect on them. Listen, when it's time to lead, it's time to lead. That's me appraising my value. When it's time for me to not lead, I need to not lead. That's appraising my value. I'm accurately appraising myself all the time. How you communicate shows if you have a humble heart. And the humble, Jesus said, will see the kingdom. So you can watch your effect on people when you communicate. Do, people, do you invite people in for connection, or are people nervous around you? All the wives are looking at their husbands like, you, see, you hear what he's saying? You better appraise yourself. But seriously, humility, listen, this is why you could be the CEO of a corporation and still be humble, or you could be homeless and still be humble. All you're doing is accurately appraising yourself. Amen? Moses accurately appraised himself. So did Jesus. All right. So I'm going to give you three basic keys that will help you in all your forms of communication. This could be if you're confronting someone. This could be if you're talking to your next-door neighbor. This could be if you're at Home Depot. This could be with your spouse. I'm going to give you three simple tools that will always come into play and will always help you. I by no means am the best communicator, but I have used these three tools for probably the past eight years. And I would say for the most part, this is me accurately appraising myself, people feel edified around me. People are not, I, I'm not tearing humans down. And I have to have difficult conversations. But I think people generally leave lifted up. So, Take these tools, put them into your tool belt, especially if you're married. This will really help you. Can I get an amen from all the guys? All right. <laughs>
Number one, the goal of all communication is connection. What is the goal of communication? Connection. Okay. Every time you are talking, period, your desire needs to be to have a heart-to-heart connection. All right. That sounds easy. What gets in the way? A lack of emotional self-control and a lack of skill. These two things happen. So this is my encouragement to you. When in doubt, stop talking. (laughs) Assess yourself. Accurately appraise yourself before you go into any conversation. If your emotions are going, appraise yourself. And you're, you make yourself get to a point where your goal is to just have connection. Amen? Um, what does it look like to go into a conversation and not have the goal of connection? It would look like this. You're trying to win. You're trying to prove. You're trying to punch and get out. You're trying to manipulate. You're trying to hide. Whatever it is. Appraise yourself, gather yourself together, and decide my desire is to have a heart-to-heart connection with you where you leave edified and I leave edified. I want to explain something to you. This is pretty simple. You can train yourself into this. Again, I'm accurately appraising myself here. This is somewhat easy after you walk through it for a couple years. It's not that hard, but at first it feels like rocket science. And we got people going to the Mars now with rockets, so that's pretty intense. Feels like that. You, you can train yourself into stopping and saying, okay, I'm going to have heart-to-heart connection here with you. In the middle of difficulties or in the middle of a random conversation, the goal is always heart-to-heart communication. Okay. Now, when you assess yourself and you stop, got to get this. This changed my life. Jesus said this, don't let the sun go down. The Bible, multiple places actually in the Bible says this, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And if you have something against the neighbor, don't go to the temple first. Go settle that with the neighbor. Okay, what is, what is that doing? That is God putting time limitation and an expectation on us to do this well. Listen, at 10 a.m., if you have a, if at 10 a.m., if something happens and you feel a broken connection with someone and you know you're supposed to connect with them before the sun goes down, what does that mean? He's requiring us to do this with a lot of skill. We need to get good enough to be able to do this in less than 24 hours. We need to be good enough to find our emotion and communicate in under 24 hours. Now think about it. What if it's 4 o'clock and the sun goes down at 6? You have two hours to appraise yourself and have a conversation. I know that sounds a little funny, I'm just, he's, he's, he's putting a 24-hour limit on us. Do you, does that make sense to you? He, he really wants us to be able to internally have enough health to figure it out and go have connection within 24 hours. And that takes a while. Now, I'm going to go outside of this a little bit. If you're going to scream at someone in less than 24 hours, just let the sun go down. I think Jesus will be okay with it. If you're just like, I'm literally going to cuss this human being out, just wait four days. Just when in doubt, stop talking. But what is the principle of it? Your goal is always connection. Will this person leave edified and will I leave edified? 
and I, I promise you guys, you, you can have really, really hard conversations and do this. It, it, it works. It brings connection. It fosters connection. I have had so many difficult conversations in the past five years, and for the most part, they end with fruit because I'm not trying to win. Now, I've made giant mistakes in that process, but I'm just being honest with you. Okay, number one, what is the goal of communication? Connection. Always appraise yourself, determine what is my goal. My goal is to have connection. Okay, number two, the I message. Everyone say the I message. All right, this is what the I message is. The I message is very simple. This is how I'm communicating with someone. I feel this certain way. I would like this. I need this. I felt this. What are you doing? You're letting the person know how you feel. I... I feel insecure when you say that. What are you doing? I'm letting you know what I think. Now think about it like this. I leads to intimacy. I feel something. I need something. I'm desiring something. I feel something in this communication. Okay. I is for intimacy. You message makes the guns go up. You did this and it made me mad. Okay. Dave comes to me and says, you did this and it made me mad, I'm ready to fight. <laughs> if Dave comes to me and says, man, I, I got my feelings hurt when you said that the other day. I know that's not your heart. Can we talk about that? I'm like, man, I'd really like to talk to you about that. I feel a certain way, and I am inviting you in. You makes the guns go up. You know where you comes from? Blame. Talk about blame. I think at the pit of hell, <laughs> there's unbelief. And then, like, that's 1A and 1B is blame. <laughs> I think blame is potentially the worst thing on the planet. Can I get an amen? amen? Blaming, the you message, you did this to me, comes from blaming. You did this, so I feel this way. Here's the thing. No one can make you do anything. You didn't walk the dog, so I got mad. No, hold on. I, you didn't, I didn't walk the dog. You chose to get mad. I don't control you. You don't control me. I choose how I feel. You choose how you feel. Now, hey, I want to let you know I don't feel valued when you don't walk the dog. I'm really sorry. I totally forgot to walk the dog. I'd like to talk about that. Way different conversation. You did this. Guns are up. We're fighting. I, man, I, I just, I'd like to talk to you about, it's been a couple of days since you walked the dog, you told me you do it, can we talk about that? It just, I don't feel um, valued. Yeah, let's talk about it. Amen? The I message. There technically is no you message. In a healthy human, there is no you message. You don't make me do anything. Can I get an amen? 1A... Unbelief, one be blame, in the pit, in the gut of hell. <laughs> in, in hell, people are just blaming each other for everything. You're the reason I'm here. I'm serious. In heaven, everyone's taking full responsibility for their actions. No one's blamed. In hell, everyone's blaming each other for everything. Can't have blame. Can't have the you message. Fully empowered life. He left us in charge. I can't blame someone else when something doesn't go well. Amen? Amen. All right. Number three. Number one, goals connection. Number two, the I message. Number three and final one, seek understanding. 
This is how you do this. You ask good questions. I love this term. Never trust your ability to read a situation. I'm a pretty socially smart guy. I read way further than it shows into things. I have to turn it off. It drives me crazy. It's not even a prophetic thing. It's just a natural thing. Um, well, maybe it's probably a little bit of both. But if I assume something or I think I understand something and I go into a situation and I'm ready to start talking and unloading, I'm going to cause a giant mess. All I have to do is ask good questions. Um, instead of going into a major conversation with Dave, if he upset me, I could go in and just say, hey, man, what were your thoughts on Thursday night when that happened? Hey, I'd love to know your heart on Thursday night when that situation happened. And he could explain to me, like, oh, cool. I didn't know you got in a wreck on the way there. Totally different situation. Oh, cool, man. I didn't know that that situation happened before. Or we could have just been on a totally separate page. What did I do? I invited connection. Why? I just was seeking his understanding. I, I would like to know what's going on here. Um, this actually happened today. It wasn't even on purpose. I asked someone. There was a situation. It was positive thing, but I asked him, I said, hey, what is your desire and expectation for this? And they said, oh, that's a good question. They told me their desire and expectation. We came up with a plan, and we both left mutually very happy. I, I didn't assume the desire and expectation of the person. I just literally asked, what would you like from this? I, I did it yesterday, actually. I asked someone, I said, hey, what was your desire and expectation when we first had that conversation two months ago? I've done it two days in a row, actually. I didn't even plan on, I wasn't even using that as an example. Two days in a row. Hey, tell me your desire and expectation. Both times, there was no issue. But if I'd have went in like some weird angle, there would have been an issue. So seek understanding. Try to find what the person's heart is before you just launch into a conversation. Amen? James 1.19. Know this, my beloved. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Okay, so what does that mean? Be slow to speak. Ask questions. Don't just jump into talking. Verse 20, this is just extra. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Let me put that in our language. Anger is pointless. Anger is fake authority. People who run a business, they don't have to show anger. They're just an authority. The Jesus didn't walk around screaming at people. He just knew he had authority. Don't need to get anger. Anger is, so it's unbelief. 1A is blame. 1C is, is anger in the, in the gut of hell. Everyone's just angry at each other all the time. All right, y'all with me? That's it. Connection, iMessage, ask good questions. All right, for our culture, I want to give a couple miscellaneous things. This will go quick. Number one, do not text emotionally charged things. All right. I would also say this for guys, guys in work. Don't email emotionally charged things. Do not put in writing emotionally charged things. The amount of misunderstanding that can happen from A to B through writing and not seeing someone's face is catastrophic. It's very simple. If you're texting someone and you get to a point where you're a little bit unsure, you're like, J just stop and call. Just stop and call. Don't, don't, if, even if you're on the fence, just call. I love texting. I'm like, literally, I love texting. It's such a great form of communication. I'm a big texter all the time. I verbally process on text. I love it. 
But if there's any form of sensitivity, just stop and don't do it. Amen? It causes unnecessary things. It breaks all three rules. Okay, number two, social media. All right, I love social media. I think it is the most powerful tool. Like, what is possible through social media is scary. It is an unbelievable tool in many, many different ways. It is, it's shocking, the statistics of social media. If you're selling something or you're trying to get someone's attention, I mean, it is the numbers from a marketing standpoint, the numbers from a human being getting influence standpoint is staggering. Nothing ever like it in all of humankind. It's, it's amazing. And I think it's actually just starting. I love social media. I'm all about social media and the sake of communication. If you have a conversation with someone and something doesn't go right, and your response is to go onto social media and blast something out to avoid a conversation, don't do that. Say Dave's picking on Dave here today. Dave's fantastic. Um, let's say let's say Dave shows up late to five different meetings that we're a part of, and instead of just talking to Dave, I message, seek understanding, connect. My response is to go blog about how people how disrespectful it is that people don't show up on time. Don't do that. If you have a conversation and clear it up, and then you just feel in your heart to blog something online, that's fantastic. Don't avoid a human connection because of social media. I love social media. Keep going with social media. Don't avoid human contact with social media. Amen? And the final one is this. um, Let your yes be yes. Manipulation. What manipulation is at its purest form is this. I'm going to say this, but I mean this. I'm scared to just communicate directly, so I'm going to kind of smoke and mirror this to get what I want over here. I'm a... It makes my skin crawl, to be honest with you. You can train yourself how to not manipulate. Here's the deal. My four-year-old starts manipulating. I'm, I'm not... Again, I'm accurately appraising myself. We don't manipulate. She's not watching that in the house. What is that? It's a natural way of getting your needs met. My nat, her nat, my four-year-old will tell me she's not going to do something, like not take another bite of a treat because she knows I won't let her, and I'll watch her, and she says no, or she'll like hide it and go back and get it, and she's manipulating me. Now, that's okay. She's four. When she's 30, that's not okay. My point is, just you let your yes be yes. Say what you mean and mean what you say, and be willing to own it. Listen, and especially within church world, Religion is a smoke and mirror thing, and it's so filthy, and there's so much manipulation to it. I'm talking about a religious spirit, and it's like it's this. It glosses over things, but it means this. It's manipulative. Just say what you mean and mean what you say. It sounds funny at first, but it works out so well to sit down with someone and say, "Hey, I'd like to know what you value about this situation." I would like to know your opinion on how I did on Tuesday. Sounds so weird. Don't say some random way to get a compliment. Just, hey, how did I do? I'd love to hear your opinion. Instead of complimenting someone on their shirt, so hopefully you get a compliment back. There's a million ways to manipulate. Just just say what you mean and mean what you say. It takes identity to do that. All right? Can we not be manipulators? All right. So, 
in ending, we're all on our journey on this. We, we're a young community. We're young in age. We're, we're just getting started. And we don't have it all figured out. And we're going to mess up. And people are going to lash out at each other. And it's a mess. Community is a mess. If, if, if your community is not a mess at times, no one's actually having connection, I promise you. It's very surfacy. There should be a lot of issues consistently. It sounds bad. <laughs> if people are really pursuing relationship, there's going to be a fence. There is no way around it. And I'm down with it as long as you'll clean up your mess. If I offend someone, I have no problem owning it. If you offend me, I have no problem just having a conversation. Building a community where we want the Holy Spirit to move, it's going to be messy. And how to communicate within all this, there's going to be messes to it. So we have grace on each other within our process. I have grace on you. You may not do the I message next time we have a conversation. Everyone's scared to talk after church. (laughs) (laughs) But ultimately it's this. We want to move of God. 